What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello and welcome to Imp's WWE Adventures podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is your quick look back at the WWE week that was 30 minutes of a much more serious tone this week. You can help the podcast out by giving a five-star review. You can also give a donation directly through Red Circle and become one of the amazing community by joining the Social Suplex Discord. Link is in the description. Listen to the other top-notch shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio with Rich and James, Keeping It Strong Style, All Things Elite, Wrestling Art with Chris Things, with Chris Things, Tunnel Talk, and Trish and Sarah. So I have made notes on the Roy Rumble show and Monday Night Raw, the two biggest shows for WWE uh, this week. But personally, I think it's an absolute disservice to the seriousness of in terms of the lawsuit dropping this week. I think it's an absolute disservice to treat it like this is a normal week for WWE. And I'm the I'm the WWE podcast here on the network. If you want like chirpy, happy wrestling talk this week, I highly recommend you listen to Tunnel Talk. <laughs> You'll have a lovely time. <laughs> you will laugh like immediately. But um yeah, I'm not gonna be that show this week. Tonight this is a quite serious episode. I've covered serious topics in like column form before uh, for like wrestling headlines, especially in that the coverage of WWE Saudi Arabia stuff. But I, as I'm somebody who I make sure to do the reading before I talk about it. Again, when I've talked about WWE Saudi Arabia, I made sure to read the UN's reports before I talked about like any of the things. Like I, I made sure to do the reading. But that's how I kind of when I tackle something, I just make sure I do the reading, and that's what quite irritated me with my show last week, which is that. There was this super serious thing, and I just wasn't able to talk about it. And I just instead of me rushing out an opinion or something, just ditching the show that I recorded the day before on the Wednesday because I wasn't in on the Thursday when everything dropped. I didn't want to then rush something out on the Friday when I hadn't had time to read the lawsuit. I hadn't really had time to take in everything that was presented there, and I was just like, "It's deaf for me. It's deaf. It's not even a question." Like. To just treat this like it's a normal weekend to just talk about the wrestling shows and talk how how great the Rumble was or building up to WrestleMania. It's like, in a way, all of it's trivial because n- none of it matters when the company that we're covering is accused of this. But it's not even up for debate in my mind what to talk about. And that does mean that this isn't going to be that normal formatted show. I'm not going to have any sound bites to put in. Post-wrestling, I've done multiple really worth listening to shows on this topic. A, sh- a shout out to both uh, Pollock and Thurston, who have done really in-depth coverage of all this stuff as well. Criminal lawyer Bruce Rivers is one of the few people covering this topic who go through the texts in detail, because arguably they are the most the most incriminating stuff, especially in terms of what if you're like, oh, I'm, like, it's just Vince or whatever. Like, if you read those texts... There is no coming back from that. <laughs> and they are incredibly easy to prove. So we'll, we'll get to that later. But if you want to, if you don't want to read the lawsuit, the lawsuit's also available on out there. It is not a read I recommend in terms of, it is very difficult to get through. But it's also incredibly necessary in terms of understanding the sheer gravity of what we're talking about here. Because first of all, it's not just a Vince thing. There are three people named in this suit. 
uh, Vince McMahon, WWE, and John Laurinaitis. And literally, like 20 minutes before I went to record this, the news broke from Vice, and I'll read the article later, because at Brandon Thurston yesterday, a show on Wednesday, he, he brought up a good question of, what are the three different people that in uh, Vince, John Laurinaitis, and WWE, are they going to have the same representation? Well, this this Vice article just dropped, and oh, <laughs> we've sure got our answer there. <laughs> it's definitely not. Definitely not. But let's just quickly go through like the timeline of the week before I jump into things. Uh, but again, this is going to be a much more serious show, talking about quite dark stuff. So if you don't feel like that, I'm just going to be really open to say, just don't listen to this week's episode. If you're super familiar with the everything that's happened by this point, because this is now like one week later, this is me doing the weekly roundup of WWE, but this is easily the story of WWE this week. And they did shows, CM Punk and all of that, and Cody Rhodes, like, None of it matters. I'll talk about that next week. That, that, that I've got so many weeks to talk about that. Why would I talk about that this week when this has dropped? That is uh, my kind of take on it. I feel like that will speak of my opinion of um, like how the press conference went down and things as well. So I don't need to go to nitty gritty. You can read into what I'm saying here. My, my opinion does seep through into how the press conference went down as well. As I, t- I fully understand that different outlets would have had different people reporting for different reasons. That makes sense. Like not some people would have been there. Like an ESPN guy is never going to report this. Or the guy that has been on WWE The Bump is never going to ask a question. It's things like that where there's some people have got different briefs for being there from their employer. So I'm not expecting everybody to ask that. But obviously my view would be when there's something of this gravity and this size, if you don't ask a question, then you are seen to have not asked a question about something this serious. It reads as when this happened, you didn't ask a question. And immediately this is, this is the follow-up question of why didn't you ask something? when it's this bad and this serious. And that can lead you down different avenues or different assumptions or whatever, but that's just my take on it. And so that's what I'm going to do. This is the story, the most important story. I'm going to try and pay it respect and uh, the time that it deserves, which means no SmackDown review, no Rumble review, no Raw review, even though I've got my notes. Like, if you want to hear it, you can reach out. I am in the Discord. I've got my notes. I can just record it and edit it and put it out as a bonus episode <laughs> if you want to read it. But seriously, if you want to laugh, but just listen to the Tunnel Talk Girls. You'll have a lovely time. And I'll see you next week. <laughs> it's giving you time just to switch over if you're not in the, in the mood for that. Anyway, let's get into it. So easy, So first off the timeline. Thursday last week, the Wall Street Journal article is posted. The lawsuit becomes uh, publicly available to view. People immediately start taking screenshots and putting things online, being like, oh my God. And as time goes on and people get further into it, this is worse the more that you read. I wasn't in. I was out at a Tandoori Chicken restaurant. And then I went to watch a comedy gig. So whilst like my friends and uh, here at Social Suplex are reading this horrific lawsuit, I'm out at a comedy gig. Like it, feel, it felt very weird when I got back and I realised the evening everyone else had had. Uh, and this is like, okay, so Friday so it was going to be very serious as I read that lawsuit. Friday, two of Friday, that was when Slim Jim pulled their advertising for the Rumble when the news started getting this. And after Slim Jim, that's when Vince resigned, when it was seen, okay, adver- this could snowball. And it did feel like something where Slim Jim were a big advertiser. You saw on the Rumbles, well, they had a massive advertising spot integrated into the match. They were a big one. They were, they were going to have a major presence on the show. So for them to pull out would have been huge. That surely would have sent a domino effect. Uh, so Vince resigns uh, late on Friday. Saturday, Slim Jim returns, saying that now that Vince has gone, uh, Slim Jim uh, has entered the Royal Rumbles, which is just like, yeah, that's not great. Vince isn't the only thing named in this suit. <laughs> There's multiple hints and uh, references to other executives and people in the office that either knew or well, yeah, or accused of different things. That is not a great statement from Slim Jim. 
because that could easily come back to bite them in the ass to show support of WWE to that level now that Vince has gone. He's not the only person named in this. And when this goes to Discovery, actually, I'll, I'll get later to talk about go to Discovery. Then, then came a successful Rumble event. It, the Royal Rumble itself was a successful event in terms of uh, attendance, in terms of the quality of the show, in terms of the uh, money generated from it. In every, like, in every measure, it was a successful event for WWE. And this comes off of the week with the Netflix deal. It comes off the week with the Rock News as well. But then came Triple H's press conference. There were three people who talked on the press conference, Bailey, Cody Rhodes and Triple H. I was absolutely gobsmacked that either at the start of the press conference or before it went live, Nick Khan or Triple H or somebody didn't come out and just make a statement. That's like, we're aware of the allegations made in the lawsuit. There are certain things we can't say, or blah, 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 blah. I was absolutely gobsmacked after that happened. Or, when Triple H came out with his piece of paper, I was convinced, okay, before he says anything, he's going to say something about the suit. And then he started talking about all the good things that happened over the course of the week, and all the metrics and records and things that they'd done. And I was like, okay, we've got a massive piece of paper. I am assuming that at the end of this piece of paper... There's going to be something before any questions are asked. He's going to address it, right? I, I could not have been <laughs> just more absolutely gobsmacked in terms of like what he said. Triple H saying the phrase that he wanted to focus on the positives and that it'd been a great week for WWE, which was when John Alba asked him a question. The fact that he said this has been a great week for WWE and he wants to focus on the positives, this absolutely has been one of the worst weeks in the history of the company. And it's <laughs> this has been absolutely horrific. Triple H, it makes sense that he would have differing emotions all over the place with something like this. But the fact that he didn't come out with prepared statements for this. like So for example, so he wouldn't have to rely on any of that stuff. For me, that's absolutely crazy. But to say that he wants to focus on the positives and it's been a great week for WWE, in the week that this happens, is absolutely insane. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> I couldn't believe that he'd said that. It, But it made a bit more sense when paired with Brandon Thurston's question, asking if he had read the lawsuit. And I have to applaud Thurston, because I'd never thought of that question, because... I made a massive assumption. I just assumed he'd read it. Who he is in terms of family relation to Vince, because of where he is in the company, because of uh, like the board position he had during the time frames that the lawsuit is alleging these things took place. I absolutely assumed, with all of these little things, that Triple H, be it out of concern or be it out of the position he is in the company, be it the fact that he oversees a lot of talent, and if he's not read the lawsuit, then he can't help with like, any queries or issues talent might have. Because if he's not read it, he doesn't know what's in the lawsuit. So how can he help and address concerns if he doesn't even know what those concerns are about because he's not read the lawsuit? Of course, he could just be lying. It was like a quick thought in his head just to say, to get out of saying anything of opinion or whatever, or to really might give away an emotion if he talks any deeper, he just says he's not read it and just trying to push it away. But that, that response felt like they were trying to push it to the side, just not taking it that seriously. When to every single person who's read that lawsuit, this is far more serious. I still in absolute shock that he, first off, said the positives thing. Secondly, said that it's a good week for WWE. And thirdly, admitted he'd not read the lawsuit. And they were the three things that the wider media outside of the wrestling media really ran with. Kudos to uh, John Albert, Cam Newton, uh, Brandon Thurston, 
and Nick Houseman, who worded his question to Cody really well in terms of like phrasing it as a former executive. And Cody's answer himself was also really well put across. I will say in terms of Bailey and Cody, it felt like they'd almost been thrown under a bus because why would you send them out there without a statement beforehand covering their asses in some way just to look after the talent? Like you see it in sports all the time. In terms of, if they know there's going to be some form of difficult questions, someone higher up or the manager, go out first and he will take that hit for his team. So that his players don't have to face as strong a wave as he would face. But here, nah, sod it, Bailey's out first. Like, (laughs) obviously, like, it did feel like the questions were being saved for Triple H. But still, that feels crazy to take that risk. To just put a talent out there first without any kind of statement beforehand to the people in the press room or to the, the stream at the start like that is... But also, so yeah, to credit to the people who did ask the questions, those four people, because of the answers that came from that, the media was then able to really zone in and target their angles as well, which is one benefit of me doing this later, is I've seen all of the different angles that all the different media outlets have taken this story. With CNN bringing up that the TKO group listed Vince McMahon as a potential risk to their company. So, so that was the that CNN angle. It was like, well, if they're saying that, what did they know? Because that was the other thing that Triple H said uh, when he was bouncing off of... I think, again, this was John Elba's question. He didn't just say the focus on the positive line, I think, from the John Elba question. He also said, I was finding out at the same time as everybody else because Cody had said that and it felt like Triple H was bouncing off of what Cody had said and used that to kind of fuel what he was then saying. But it's one thing for Cody to say that. It's another thing for a guy who, in the lawsuit, (laughs) in terms of the time frame, he was a board member. Uh, And then there's the other question of, um, in terms of the investigation, but if I'm right, that was not done by... It wasn't done by the... I think there was independent board members, I think is what the phrasing was. And they're not independent board members. They're... I can't remember the term, but they are employed board members. (laughs) They are different. And I think there were eight individual board members that the investigation by the time Vincent came back four of them left and Stephanie so Triple H was not one of those people involved in that but him to say I was finding out with the rest of you everything when he was one of the four board members and if you'd read the law when I say one of the four board members it's because in the lawsuit if she talked about meeting a board member or alleging that a board member knew about the relationship. At the time, Barrios and I can't remember the uh, the lady's name, so apologies, but Barrios and her had been sat by by Vince before then, only leaving Nick Khan, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, and Fred or Frank, I can't remember his name, <laughs> but there were four different people, meaning of the very small, short list of people in the whole of humanity <laughs> who could be this board executive person being hinted at as meeting uh, in the lawsuit. Triple H is one of those four people. And uh, that's what blew my mind when people didn't follow through on uh, Brandon Thurston's question. And obviously, that's why at the start I was just like, in terms of when it comes to the media, they have different briefs from their employers in terms of the kind of questions they want to ask and the things that they want to cover. But to have nobody after Brandon Thurston follow up on that question when they found out he'd not read the lawsuit... I was just like, there's so many questions in my mind. Like, all of the questions I had planned in my mind made a massive assumption. <laughs> and then it just all went away. I was like, wait, he's not even read it. What, what, what do you mean he's not read it? <laughs> Creating all of these different worlds where 
well, what do you mean you've not read it? And what do you mean you're finding out with the rest of us? Just jumping and suddenly world building starts to happen in my head automatically. But this was such a horrific performance. <laughs> so bad. And it, it, it just speaks to the... I mean, t- to say, even the Daily Mail, which their initial way of reporting this story was clickbait shock reaction. Trying to, trying to generate that reaction of, oh, babe, can you imagine? Like, that level of bad reporting for something this serious. Even they were like, oh, that was that was really poor press performance by Triple H, and here's why. That tells you that you've really done a bad performance there. But in terms of like the press itself, there were four total questions on the lawsuit, three to Triple H from John Alba, Cam Newton and Brandon Thurston, and one to Cody from Nick Houseman. The rest, they're all softball, nothing questions. Again, different media, different briefs. I'm not expecting Lucha, <laughs> Lucha Libre online to be asking anything about this. In terms of like the actual lawsuit as well, the allegations are more horrific than any simple headline or soundbite can convey. So if you've not read in depth or if you've not listened to people going over this, again, I highly recommend post-wrestling's coverage of this, as well as uh, Bruce Rivers going through the texts if you've got the stomach for it. It's like reading a horror story where you know where it's going, but as you're reading it every couple of pages, you just have to pause with a, oh my God, as it all plays out in explicit detail. So in, like, in the UK, controlling coercion is illegal, and this is the clearest case of it I have ever read simply by the text including in the documents alone to those or anyone saying that well a text can be faked or whatever one this isn't a media article it's, it's a submitted lawsuit and secondly texts are also really easy to prove this will be piss easy for them to prove as genuinely coming from vince so they are so easy to prove i, I don't know how, i don't really want to go too much into detail of the lawsuit itself the lawsuit is available online for anybody to read the details are horrific so massive asterisks it's just i'm trying to convey how this should be the only thing being talked about the fact that it implicates the whole, whole company as in it's not just a vincent man thing but there's implications that people knew about this that nothing was done about this there are higher ups who knew about the relationship that they're of course it might not have known the level of detail here but just the sheer level of abuse that this woman went through in the headquarters and included in the counts in the lawsuit, the counts against WWE, is negligence. And in terms of uh, discovery, where they'll present all of the evidence for the case to the court, that's when we'd see all of these names. But it's the fact that the, he took this woman who was in a, value, in a vulnerable position and groomed her into being... Uh, uh, grooming her into being his sex slave to such a horrific degree. The way the lawsuit paints it is she was not willing in this. This was not consensual. When this stuff came out in 2022, even someone like Brian Danielson was like, oh, well, we all make mistakes or whatever. And obviously treating this like it was just a standard. It was like, oh, it's just like a, it was a consensual relationship or whatever. When the original claims back in 22 were that it wasn't consensual. Because with the NDA, in fact, no details were coming out about it other than that. And the main reason it then went was because of the... Turns out it was the money from WWE that was being used to pay these NDAs. And suddenly it's like, okay, now that's a concern. But with this specificness of this... And the the texts are the thing that doom Vince McMahon. And just if, you, if you've watched or if, you've, if you know any criminal lawyers or if you've watched anybody, any of the multiple lawyers on YouTube or whatever, they were salivating at the mouth at the thought of, my God, they wish they had had this case because it's such a slam dunk for her. I'm going to quote uh, Bruce Rivers in his video. If you look at the Trump case and the amount that she got for the defamation, like, this is so far beyond something like that. He'd expect it to be in the hundreds of millions. But this is just one. 
because there's lots of multiple things that happened today that I, just, <laughs> I made note of in my uh, notes as, as a quick little thing. Her attorney, her genetic vet's attorney, was on the news today saying that she'd had so many multiple people reaching out to her to uh, talk about, well, yeah, I want to come forward about Vince as well. Obviously, that's so much stuff to go through too. But if this is successful, given the level that she seems to be, uh, have gone through here, if this does result in a, I have to remember how many digits, in a nine-digit payment to her from Vince, be it in the settlement or whatever, then it could set a precedent for what's about to come next. Because there are multiple women. There's so many allegations against Vince. Obviously, the earliest we've heard about is Rita Shatterton back in the 80s. Like, there is so many allegations against him. And all of the NDAs we know about as well. How many people are about to come out here? What is about to happen? And the thought is, WWE will do everything they can for this to not go to trial. In my head, it's like a case of, it doesn't matter how much it costs. You pay that. You pay that money so that this does not go to trial. Because also, when it does that and all these other executive names come out who may still be working at WWE, and also it like, alleges to... Like, Vince McMahon, in his texts, talks about showing the pornographic images to co-workers, to people in the truck. I think he uses the phrase hundreds, but of course, he, when you read the text, don't know how much is like genuine. Did he genuinely show it to hundreds of people? Or is it just like a lot of people backstage or whatever? He's trying to brag egotistic or whatever. But he... Oh, I've not even mentioned Brett, Brock Lesnar. I guess the Brock Lesnar thing kind of comes into the next part. Hi um, so this is Editing Imp jumping in, just to say that in this next part I did theorise and talk about the nature of WWE and this crossing state lines and the whole situation with Brock Lesnar being hinted at as a play date in quotation marks being set up. I just kind of wanted to jump in because during the edit is when the Wall Street Journal article from today landed. Instead of me theorising and talking about stuff and possible prosecutions and the hypothesis is against the federal things with Vince McMahon. Like, this article obviously completely changes all of that, so it's, none of it is necessary. So I'm just going to read the Fightful article, and there's also a tweet I'm going to read, uh, I think from Wrestling Purist as well. So the Fightful article, According to the Wall Street Journal, Vince McMahon is under federal investigation for sexual assault and sex trafficking. On uh, January 25th, a lawsuit was filed by Janelle Grant against Vince McMahon, WWE, and former executive John Laurinaitis. The lawsuit accuses McMahon of sex trafficking, emotional abuse, and sexual assault. The lawsuit includes disturbing details of how Janelle was treated sexually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. The report states the New York prosecutors have been in contact with women who have accused McMahon of sexual misconduct. In the summer of 2023, federal agents executed a search warrant for McMahon's phone and delivered a subpoena to him for documents related to any allegation of rape, sex trafficking, sexual assault, commercial sex transaction, harassment or discrimination against current or former WWE employees. The subpoena sought communications between McMahon and these women, including Grant. The other women named in the grand jury subpoena include a WWE contractor whom McMahon allegedly sent unsolicited nude photos and sexually harassed, a former WWE wrestler who said McMahon coerced her into giving him all sex, former WWE referee Vita Shatterton who publicly accused McMahon of raping her, a spa manager who said McMahon assaulted her at a Southern California resort, and a former WWE employee who alleged their head of talent relations at the company at the time, John Laurinaitis, demoted her after she broke off an affair with him. And uh, McMahon settled with Shatterton in January 2023. Grant and at least four of the women named in the grand jury subpoena had entered into settlement agreements with McMahon over allegations of sexual misconduct. Prosecutors have reportedly interviewed some of the women. 
this entire section that I have now cut out was me talking about the fact that the feds had raided uh, McMahon for his phone. And the answer immediately here, like, no, no, they already were investigating this. There was a sex trafficking case already being built against McMahon. This is a genuine federal issue now. Obviously, there's not a lot for me to like comment on that. Like, We all know how bad that is. So uh, instead I've got a uh, quote from Wrestling Observer talking about somebody from within WWE, uh, one of the biggest company stars of the modern era, uh, who has gone on record talking about Vince McMahon, and who knew heavily implying Triple H with this quote. Uh, the quote is, He's the effing cerebral assassin, best politicking dude in history, literally wormed his way from a green entry-level wrestler into a still-average wrestler, absolute top-of-the-office executive. You think he doesn't pay attention to what's going on around him? Think he did that without knowing every little thing everywhere in that company, yet somehow this slipped past his radar. The thing about that place is if TKO starts cleaning house, they're going to show up with a bucket and some Lysol, then realise that shit's in the walls and the floorboards, they're going to have to bring out the sledgehammer because that shit is going to turn into a demolition job. Down to the foundation, sledgehammer pun not intended. Like, massively, obviously, accusing Triple H, but it's not surprising that the employees on Triple H are pissed after what he said at the weekend at the press conference, because obviously... Us outside, we had reactions to it, never mind the employees on the inside. So obviously, there's not really much further comment to give, so this is just editing Imp, jumping in with these revelations that happened whilst I'm in the middle of editing. I'm going to throw back to past Imp, <laughs> past me, who was talking about this lawsuit. Back to you, past me. And also, literally just before I started recording, I think I talked about the Vice article that dropped on John Laurinaitis. Uh, I'm literally going to read it off my phone because it came out not long before I started recording. A lawyer for John Laurinaitis appeared to corroborate central claims in the suit in a statement to Vice News today. While disputing Laurinaitis' role as described in the complaint, Edward Brennan, the lawyer, said that his client is himself a victim, just like the plaintiff Janelle Grant, a former WWE employee. The truth will come out. So um, Ben Thurston asked an excellent question of whether be represented by the same uh, law firms or because it's them together all in the suit. That article, that statement on the side of John Laurinaitis screams absolutely not. Distancing himself from Vince to such a high level, being like, no, no, he was using his power over me just like he was her. But yeah, the focus over the course of the week rightfully shifted onto the correct characters. What such is the questions asked at the presser received the direction of Aya instead of Triple H. For me, that was entirely the wrong focus. That attention all changed. It was like the day of Sunday was pretty vitriolic and obviously I didn't agree with the level of all of it. I felt like it was right to critique the fact that it happened and I, I did feel like, and he's seen it now with the Pete Rosenberg thing, I feel like that is what will happen to the people who were there who didn't ask anything. Where it's just like, the sheer level importance of this thing is so far above anything that's happening in this company where it really doesn't matter. But like, I generally think the only person who can come out of it a little bit embarrassed is, like, he follows me on Twitter, but... I'm going to have to say it, Steve Fall. After Nick Houseman's question to Cody, Steve Fall, before asking his questions, his response is, well, onto a lighter note, as in, a, oh, well, <laughs> that guy asking such a dark question, that's not the place for this. And they're like, oh, let's go onto a lighter note. That was genuinely embarrassing. I'm sorry, even if you're there to ask a serious question, you're now seen to have treated sexual trafficking in the company that you cover as a thing to lightheartedly brush aside. That is an embarrassing look. There is no other way to put that. 
But the tension all changed as the mainstream media finally started posting their articles over the course of Sunday and Monday. It was good to see that that vitriol against the, in terms of like the press itself, died down a bit. There's obviously still some who held the pitchforks up. Now, I still hold my critique, but the vitriol itself rightly shifted. The correct characters were in focus. Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and those in WWE who allowed or turned a blind eye to this misconduct. And that's kind of where we are today. Obviously, Vince McMahon will get to defend himself in court. Obviously, that I suspect they will do everything to settle. There's the part of Discovery where they'll present all of the evidence for the case. And within that is when you would get all of the different names and things. Then again today, finding out that 100% John Laurinaitis is not going to be standing with Vince McMahon in the same, from the same law representation. There's, a, there's more to happen. There's more to come out. And I get the feeling by the time this is posted, there will have been something that's come out and made this immediately out of date. But I still feel like just covering the week of wrestling as if that should have just been the norm to happen is the complete incorrect decision. This should be the only thing we're talking about still. It's been a week, but Vince is not the only thing named in that lawsuit. Cody is the one who said it correctly. What Triple H said in terms of this being a good week for WWE, bullshit. Cody put it so much better that there is a dark cloud over WWE right now, and it does not matter what what they did on their TV shows. None of it matters. That dark cloud is hanging right over them. The only thing that matters this week is this lawsuit. This is so incredibly damning, so incredibly dark. And the way that the lawsuit is structured, it does a really, really good job in telling you the story and how it plays out and backing it up with receipts with the evidence of the uh, texts and hinting at further evidence as well in terms of uh, like photographic media and videos like there's there's not a lot Vince can do apart from pay this woman a lot of money it's a house that he's built and I don't agree with going after his grandkids like I don't care what Declan McMahon has to say about this he's got nothing to do with this leave the grandkids out of this but anyway that is it for quite a uh, serious episode of this show Again, if you do want to read the uh, lawsuit in full, it is available for full online. Caution when reading it. I do recommend Post Wrestling's dives into this. Rich himself did quite a dive into different aspects of what's happened this past week than I've gone into. Uh, I purposely tried to talk a bit lighter on certain things. To, so you can go listen to uh, Richard did a solo show on One Nation Radio. And do go and watch uh, like criminal lawyer uh, Bruce Rivers if you want to go into like detail with the uh, text messages as well. And there's all the different coverage from all the different like newspapers you can go read too. There is uh, there's a lot of coverage on this, and a lot of it is worth your time in terms of looking at things from different perspectives. Uh, if you just want to know like the Kiff notes or whatever, then there are multiple uh, like videos or articles that will give you just a brief overview of uh, what's happening. When I say brief, it is still caution warning kind of stuff. Anyway. Take care of yourselves, guys. This is not an easy one to record. It's one of those weeks to just... I'm kind of just thankful I'm in a very fortunate situation. I've not had too much hardship in my life, really. I'm really, really fortunate. And it's just kind of just make... It's one of those weeks where I've just reflected on it in terms of the stuff that's happened, especially when reading the lawsuit and just... I'm just, pitch, just picturing even just for a second being in that position. Anyway, with that, bid you adieu. Adios. Love you all. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.